On this week's episode of the Superhero Show Show, we'll find out if the Walking Dead World Beyond can be called the Sticking the Landing World Beyond, if Wolverine and Sabretooth will finally just fuck, and if there's anyone that loves women and Spaniards more than Marvel. All of that and more on the all-new Superhero Show Show. What's up, nerds? Welcome to the Superhero Show Show, the only show on the internet where we review every live-action television show based on a comic book or a comic book property. And yes, dear listener, this is not a mirage of the ears. That's right, it is Cassie. I am back. I am hosting. I'm here to lead you guys through all of this comic book TV again. And uh, if I'm being honest, it feels good to be back in this seat. It feels good to be leading it again. I'm sorry that I left you, but... uh. Here with me, as always, is the host who filled in last week, Mike. How's it going, Mike? Good. Welcome back, Cassie. We're all very happy mm. to have you back. That's, you, I could tell in your voice that that is sincere, 100%. Yeah. I feel the love of that. No, it's I missed you. I hated hosting. It was it was not mm-hmm. the best at all. Right. We can, we can put the bullshit aside. You can tell me, like, did you get a taste for the power? Did you enjoy it? Just... The sheer throbbing power the whole time is like, <laughs> I, are you just riding high? Yeah. It's amazing. I can just say anything and make you guys do anything at any point. It's it's addictive for sure. See, I will say that there's something about you, Cassie, that you command respect because mm-hmm. you say something. And even if it's not like according to a quote unquote plan, we just go for it. Yeah. But I got challenged throughout <laughs> last week's episode. <laughs> they just be like, no, that's not what we're doing next. What? What? What is better about this episode? The fact that Cassie's back or the fact that Tompkins is not? Yeah, that's pretty great. It was, and that is like, speaking of that other voice you hear, is the one who always makes sure that Mike knows that he is doing a worse job than me. And I respect the hell out of that. That is my good friend and the friend I would die for, Ryan. One would think that if Cassie hosted two weeks ago and Mike hosted last week, then it would be somebody else's turn. And yet here we are. Ryan, well, Cassie's back. I'm back. So, like, I know you would have stepped in and, like, thank you for being willing, but we, it just, it's not needed, Ryan. I'm here, so it's okay. Not needed, Ryan is the new nickname <laughs> for sure. <laughs> oh, uh, if you, like, that's such, a, that's such bullshit. Like, if I wasn't here, you guys would. The, it's the sadness, it's, you don't really hear sad, you don't really hear broken hearts. Uh, but I think that it would come through on the mic if I was not here. People would hear both of your hearts breaking. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. definitely lines from like 80s New Wave. You <laughs> don't really hear broken hearts. Just put an 808 over that and I think we could sell it for sure. <laughs> but Ryan, it's just because you're so good as a host. Like as Mike said, whatever comes out of my mouth, you guys are there to support me. And like I appreciate all the support. Does that make you feel any better for um, not getting to know this power? No. Okay. All right. Well, I tried. Do I get any effort for that? No. Sure. C minus. I <laughs> see. Thank you for. I finally got graded on air. I see how it feels, Mike. Um, it feels 
not so great. But I know nope. to not listen to you guys. So I th- I think like in three weeks, uh, I'll forget that it was my turn, and Michael forget that he hosted, and everything will be normal, right? Cassie is just the host like yeah. she always is. But for right now, it's going to be a rough one for Cassie. Bumpy waters ahead. <laughs> so this whole episode, you can expect for me to have to fight to like get your guys' respect again? Yeah, that you're going to say something, and I'm just be like, not how I would have said it. <laughs> <laughs> like, that didn't make any fucking sense, so or I look forward ca- to that. Cassie will say, uh, Ryan, what do you think of the world, uh, Walking Dead, the world beyond this week? And I will lay on the ground and take my pants off and say, change my diapy as loud as I can. <laughs> and just it's pound just- your fists and kick your feet against the ground. It's just going to be that kind of stuff, you know? <laughs> And you know what? Like, thank you for mentioning that because I feel like you you did that for the first whole month that I was the host, and like I don't <laughs> think everybody knew that, but they didn't know the challenges I was up against, and that was it, it, you guys. What is impressive is that he can be doing that, but still just flawless, mm. uh, flat voice, just like he's on a normal show. It's great. <laughs> yeah. The mic control is impressive. That's perfection. That uh, as with you, Cassie, I think that your mic control and your Ryan control both very good. <laughs> Oh, thanks, Ryan. And you know what? That is why you're my best friend. Thank you for that. And what the uh, fuck? <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Mike. Cassie's talking right now. <laughs> Mike, this is the only way I can win one of you guys back. I got to work one at a time, okay? All right, get I'll get it. to you later. Get Ryan is my best friend. I would fucking die for him, okay? But speaking of dying, I guess, for the main event, we're going to be talking about uh, The Walking Dead World Beyond season finale. So uh, that's coming up next. <laughs> On the final two episodes of the first season of The Walking Dead, World Beyond, Razamataz makes her move on the team. She needs to protect her asset, which is not Iris, but instead Hope, something that Ryan totally called. For what it's worth, Ryan also called that Felix and Will would be having sex within seconds after seeing them look at each other for the first time. Anyway, Raz finally gets Hope alone, Felix and Iris rush to save her, and Elton and Silas don't. Taste buds, I ask you this. We ended up watching kind of a lot of World Beyond. Do we think that think that these final two episodes ended up making this a neat little package? It it was a cleaner ending than most Walking Dead seasons are because normally they're like, but then there's all these things that would mess up the ending. It's so hard not to like it, not to take it off this scale or use yeah. this bar. Like we're we're never like it was good TV or bad TV. It's like, well, other Walking Dead shows are worse. Yeah. <laughs> it, think- and what you Go- think what? Uh, I was Tell just me what say- the fuck you think, Cassie. <laughs> Mike, thank you for this opportunity. I would love to tell you what I think. Um, I just think, like, even if we don't compare it to other Walking Dead, like, comparing it to the rest of the season, I felt like it did better than the previous episodes. And I think it might just be, maybe there was more action. So, like, I don't have the experience that you guys have with the other Walking Dead. So I was going off of just the rest of the Lucky. season. I, <laughs> Humble brag. There was more action, but I think what it actually was, I think, as a professional TV critic, I try to be as nuanced and thoughtful as possible. But one of the one of the good ways to uh, to to like think about how much you like bad TV, you know, because this is not Mad Men, this is not art, is how much you're speaking to your television. And I gotta say, through a lot of this, through wondering uh, if Hope with that gun was gonna yeah. fucking finally blow Raz's head off, or if Felix was going to kill Raz, or if somebody's just gonna kill Raz, I was screaming. <laughs> Like, kill, just Raz, do kill. it, do it, come on, do it. <laughs> and I, just just the weekly reminder, when we say Razmataz, we mean Hauk. Yes. And you know what? Razmataz is a better name than Hauk. <laughs> In this episode, at the uh, just to jump ahead a little bit, why she's called Razmataz, at the end of the episode when her and Felix are separating, probably forever, she wants to make <laughs> Felix feel better. And she's like, Felix, buddy, you know, you're aces. It's just fucking Razmataz. Yeah, Put... The- 
put down Rumblefish and just talk like a normal person, can we please? It was said like a moment. I, we are jumping ahead, but like it seemed like this really deep, impactful moment. And I was like, this means nothing. You just said gibberish to him. And it was supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, she's like, this, oh, like, your aces. I want you to know that. <laughs> you know, I'm from Wisconsin. It was like. <laughs> it's, and her mom has no accent. So yeah. we now know the general of the CRM uh, is her mother. No accent at all. Just plain ass, normal ass American <laughs> flat accent. Totally fine. Oh man, it was it's it was a wild episode. But um, when we do start off, we're getting like before we find out like she like betrayed him and everything. We do get a bunch of flashbacks, and I just want to like, do you think we will be done with flashbacks after this no. season? Because like that no, is what's killing me. This show loves flashbacks. But we know this universe, the Walking Dead universe, loves flashbacks. Oh fuck, that is so sad to hear. Because I thought we just needed it for the first season to get their background, and then we could move on. But that is disappointing to hear that that is a Walking Dead thing. No, we'll get flashbacks next season to the stuff we saw this season. (laughs) (laughs) I think I blame Lost. Mm -hmm. For some reason, that sounds true where, like, you're in this crazy, like, uh, not normal place, right? You're a genre show. Uh, But you do want it to feel grounded. You want people to get to know your characters. And also, you want something to cut to. You want... And the flashbacks in these two episodes weren't good. But I got to say that the fact that there were flashbacks, I think, really helped it out. I I call this Cartman Cartman's momming. Um, before you two were born, there was a show called South Park where they said they were going to reveal who Cartman's mom was, and instead they did a Terrence and Philip special and didn't reveal it. Um, that's what these flashbacks sort of do: is that we keep wanting to see is someone going to fucking shoot Raz, right? And then we shoot we shoot back, you know, five years or whatever. And I think not the scenes themselves, but that act of flashing back was very effective and keeping me going like ah come on i want to see yeah so 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 holding that carrot dangling right. the carrot so you keep watching but yeah the flashbacks what, what i didn't learn anything about felix except that maybe he is like a petty little whiner he was yeah. so mad their dad didn't take him who's also kind of his surrogate dad but he wouldn't have an adult conversation with anybody about it he would just like stamp his feet and whine mm-hmm. and then when his when will his lover goes uh He's he's so upset about it. He won't just like be like, "Good for you. I'm glad somebody's watching the doc." Look, I'm not a Felix fan, but when they have Felix for dinner, and I mean they invite him to dinner, not eat him for dinner, yeah. which is something you do have to clarify because it's a zombie show and they do eat people. Mm-hmm. Um, this this is why this is how you make a dick bag. This is this is how you do it. They're like, "Hey, Felix, just so you know, we know that you really want this job, but instead we're going to give it to this other person." That is your boyfriend. So instead of you leaving, he's going to leave and get the job that you want. Sorry, if we think that's what you want, even though you never said you wanted it. And he's like, well, this fucking sucks. This is why people get angry and act like shitheads. It's the, he was treated unfairly, I would say. You think he was treated unfairly? I, I think when, when Will said, isn't this what you wanted? I assumed it was that Felix would never open up to Will. Mm-hmm. And that he's like, you wanted us to be broken up. So this is it. Yeah. By stealing the job, by stealing your dream job, so now you get the breakup, but not for the reason you want, because you don't have the job either. Yeah. Bye. It's, it was no, a real, no adult handled it well. Yeah, no, it was a real petty move. It was straight up like, you have an issue with control. Let me like go behind your back and make it where you do have no control. I'll show you control, <laughs> bitch. I bet that definitely solves your issue with control. I bet you'll never treat anybody else in the future like this again. Hey, Ryan, it kind of did, because he let him pour him coffee. So did you see that growth just in the past? Jeez. 
It was the, wild. I do think that we did get the growth eventually because it became about Felix and Iris. Iris. Yeah. Um, you know, like the the two episodes were about him learning to put his uh, white male bullshit. And I'm glad that uh, it's not just straight white males with all this bullshit. Now we get to see a gay white male with all the. No, fucking... that's what intersectionality is, I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, putting it all aside to like listen to Iris was his, you know, arc or whatever. It does, does, Is his arm completely tattooed black? Okay, that's yeah, that was know. weird. And now I'm thinking, is is the actor like that, or is there a character bit that we missed of explaining like he used to be a neo-Nazi and then had to cover it up or something? <laughs> you guys have you you guys both have tattoos. How painful would that be? So it's so got, painful unbearable. to get it that dark and that yeah yeah. There's no it's hours and hours and hours and numerous sessions just for that. And you know what? Which, and, and it's just so he could like. There's going to be some story, and I can't wait for that. And it's going to be something real petty, and like to know that he went through that pain for something. So it's just dumb. all of his past boyfriend's arm or yeah. names on his arm. <laughs> in in real life, it's only always. Uh, I used to be a neo-Nazi. That's the only people I've seen yeah. with that. <laughs> Blackout. Oh man. We're, yeah. We'll, if you ever see somebody with a tattoo that's like a cartoony person running, that used to be a swastika. Like <laughs> they, they just changed it real quick. Um, either that or he sleeps in a sleeve, you know, like he puts a sleeve on his arm to go to sleep. But it, at a certain point, I, I just kept it. staring at it. Yeah. I think it was a full tattoo. I, knowing Felix, somebody said, I bet you won't get your entire arm tattooed black. And he was like, fuck you, man. I'm, I'm glad I grew out of that part of my personality. <laughs> <laughs> but we did get a lot like focusing on the adults here. Like, did this, did any of this, like their growth, the flashbacks, did it make these characters more interesting to you? Cause the, those two have always been the worst part for me. And like, yeah. it's still, it kind of helped a little bit with Felix, but I still don't enjoy him. The, 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 like Ryan said, it wasn't the flashbacks that made me think Felix grew. It was his present time. And like he, for the whole series, he's like, I need to protect the girls. I need to protect the girls. But now we see why it feels like it's a burden and not just family being family. Mm-hmm. And in these two episodes, it finally feels like he's embracing it and that they grew together and all that. Yeah. yeah, and I think that this show has made it clear that, you know, with The Walking Dead, it's what if humans are the monsters, blah, blah, blah. But I do think that this show has done actually kind of a good job of saying what if adults are the monsters. Like, it really is saying, you know, showing kids is like kids have hope and kids have iris and that like the, the adults are jaded and, uh, you know, like Machiavellian and right. liars and... I think that Felix is supposed to be our in-between. Felix yeah. is supposed to be like the... I, I can still see how kids have it right, and I refuse to get jaded. Whereas somebody like Huck just flipped immediately, you know? Like, it, she's, she's... Well, yeah, this is it. This is my job. What I appreciate about this version of the show is I do think Felix, Huck, Iris, Silas, Hope, Corduroy all have different worldviews that kind of come out pretty naturally. They deal with every instance a little differently. Without I, without talking about it to each other nonstop. Right. Like the OG Walking Dead is, uh, I just realized that the OG has Carol and Daryl and this one has Iris and Silas. Uh, that all, they, like, all of their dialogue is just, here is my philosophy about life. Right. Mm-hmm. But and, this does just show you in the choices Silas makes when there's trouble versus what Corduroy makes. It shows you they look at the world a little differently. 
Yeah. And I also appreciate that other characters in this world, because this is my first time meeting Percy, who is mostly just in a wheelbarrow, uh, <laughs> or is a, a ghost version of Percy talking to the Corduroy. Uh, he also calls him Corduroy, which I appreciate. Yeah. I mean, you no. have to. I don't know why they spent the time naming the character. Mm-mm. Like, right. he doesn't need a first name. He's Corduroy. He's Corduroy. I, Cassie, you watched four, three ago, and I watched two ago. Mm-hmm. Um. Who is this person in the wheelbarrow? And uh, for both of you, at, was it any point he actually talking? Or were were Silas and Elton both hallucinating the same thing? No. Once once he's there with the three of them, he's talking. He woke yeah. up. Once he's in the wheelbarrow, he's real. Anytime he's walking and there's two of them, the one on the ground is the real one and the rest is in Elton's head. Which was interesting for this show. It got really confusing. As you just say, like, we don't know. Like, we had to explain where it was, and we're not completely positive. But, like, it was an interesting way to handle it. And that was, like, how we found out initially that Huck, like, betrayed him. Which, like, for this right. show, felt like was cool. Yeah, because I, I really had no idea at any point what, what he was actually saying out loud and what was imaginary. Right. Mm-hmm. I really did not know. Um, but he's on the phone with Huck. Or Elton's on, sorry, Corduroy's on the phone with Huck. And uh, the dead body is like, duh, duh, she did it. She's the one who killed me. And That's I did- real. That was that- real him. <laughs> or it's just piss poor writing and your imaginary friend that you're hallucinating is giving you actual detective advice. Yeah, like, I wish handy. my imaginary friend was helpful at all. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, it's always like, kill your neighbor. <laughs> Mike, for the last fucking time, I know I'm not helpful, but I'm not imaginary. Please stop but telling people Why that. do you whisper, kill your neighbor in the middle of the night, Ryan? I don't like your neighbor. It's as simple as that. But we do got to talk about the greatest loss that probably happened in this episode, and that is the loss of Corduroy's pristine suit that he got blown because oh, yeah, he got... actually fought. And that that's, like, again, it's it's not great. It's not actually that subtle. But compared to the rest of the Walking Dead universe, he is this, like, observer. Even though he's going to the world, he's like, I want to record things. And so he's very clean. And so by the end of this episode, he had to get muddy and dirty and fight those zombies off he's mm-hmm. part of the world now and it showed that that's good job you little kid show <laughs> <laughs> 10 bucks says the next season starts with him in a perfectly clean corduroy suit of a different, like, well, it's, different color it's what i expect from him so i hope they do do that that's what i want uh, but another, well, he has a suitcase, so he probably has a few sets. He's got so many suitcases he's constantly traveling with. It's the most absurd thing and I've it, ever seen. And like, they they have to be quiet. Why did he have dangling pots yeah. and pans on a string? <laughs> so they would just slam together as he's trying to hide from the zombies. I love Corduroy. He's my favorite one. I absolutely love this kid. Um, well, he's the all of us. He's the first time that like a Walking Dead character is le- sort of like us. Just mm-hmm. like can't fight. Where's Corduroy? Uh, has a bitch mom. Like, this This is us. <laughs> is that what This Is Us is about? Yeah. It's about how, <laughs> it's about how we're all corduroy from the world beyond. How I don't know why that show is way more popular than The Walking Dead World Beyond. Um, another, like, change in this episode was the amount of action we got in this. We had some, like, there was a lot of fights. A, co- a lot of them were, like, cool, as- like, for this show, cool aesthetically. Because we got <laughs> Razzmatazz and Is That Hope? When they were out together, like, fighting back-to-back, yeah. fighting off walkers. And then we got once Felix actually confronts Razmataz. They straight up have an epic battle, like, battle in the house burning down. Like I'm pretty sure he threw her through a wall, like, Hulk-style <laughs> at one point. Like it he escalated. Hulk the Huck? Hulk the Huck. 
Yeah, I, that that was awesome, especially because the girls were just like, "What do we do?" Because like, how often making so many of your main characters kids, you can just always come back to they don't know what to do, so they're just kind of running through the house, being like, "We'll look for a gun," but like they don't have a plan. They're not helping. <laughs> yeah. at- as a child of divorce, this is they looked at each other the uh, similar way that me and my brother looked at each other a lot <laughs> when I was a kid. Just, what the what are we, what are we supposed to do? Also, uh, incredible like dramatic effect. I'm not talking shit because uh, I'm a huge fan of the OC and it used the same thing. But if you're about to have a knockdown drag out through a house, make sure to kick a lantern over as oh, soon. Oh yeah, like that's the first step. It was so good. I was genuinely surprised by that, and I did like those action moments. I did really enjoy for, from this episode. And then that, that I, kind of yeah, go for it, Mike. I was gonna say another great set piece in the in episode one hundred nine is the zombies that are all barbed wired together, mm-hmm. and that's when Huck stabs Felix in the in the leg, and that's why he's limping. But we don't know that for a while. But that whole set, we're like we're trying to get past the zombies, but we also might get tangled in barbed wire. Like all that little like obstacle course trap they set up was unique. Yeah, yeah, it was for sure. And then at the end of this, we're almost running out of time. So we get to the end and it turns out that like, you know, they were the asset was hope because like she is this like genius apparently. But then, she's smart but doesn't know it. Yeah. That that, that was the, the like the she doesn't know. I was like, Don't you know you're smart? What the fuck do you mean? Yeah, as and they I- show her like building a computer at age like five or something like that. And she's like, I'm just a nobody. I'm like, Oh man, if you saw me at five. <laughs> uh, but she built it out of leaves and branches, which was impressive. Uh, Cassie, I think that you said in your intro that uh, it said that Ryan called that the asset was actually Hope and not mm-hmm. Iris. Mm-hmm. Speak more on that. <laughs> I don't, I don't well, know how Ryan, you could. It was a gold star for you. You really read into this children's show and were able to pick up on that. I'm proud of you. Uh, great job. But it's also bullshit because everybody's talking about Iris now that she's like, yeah, I mean, she's the dumber sister. She's not great, but she will actually run a town. Like, she has so many good skill sets, but, like, she's not as smart as Hope. She can't make gin in her toilet. <laughs> I, I do – this is the part that I do appreciate about the show, though, because um, Iris is a A-plus student, like 4.4 grade point average her entire life. And I I like when people sort of move away from the fact that that's clearly the person who's going to be better for society. Not to shit on Iris, but I, Hope's grades, her poor grades, does not – has really it's it's no uh, clue as to how smart she is you know like right. just because she's a punk rock rebel uh, and it's not just that she has street smarts like she is uh, school smart um just iris is uh, really only good at following rules mm-hmm. you know that that's how you get an a plus it's not about being smart it's about can you follow rules to a t um i like how they're saying that you know that it doesn't have to be like that but are they because there's a montage at the end and Iris was talking about how, like, we're both the asset, which, like, classic I'm not the asset thing to say. Uh, But it started to flash back and show, like, little Iris helped Hope with the computer, but the dad just didn't see it. Mm -hmm. So doesn't that feel like it's pulling back? It's like, oh, they've secretly worked together, but even parents never noticed. Like, Yeah, it did pull back from it, and it almost made – it kind of made you wrong, Ryan, because they made it where it was. Like, it's it's their love for each other and them together that is the asset. Like, in the end, love was always the answer, Ryan. So how did they handle that? I, I mean, like, I thought that the at least episode 110 was really doing a good job of wrapping it up. And the final three minutes, I mean, it was, I, they probably felt it was necessary. But the whole, we were the asset together all along, mm-hmm. um, followed with the return of Will in one of the worst, I'm going to take off my hood and reveal yeah. who I am, walk-ups I have ever seen in my life. Uh, not to mention that, like, that 
Felix did not need that for his character arc. Like again, that's that wasn't his reclamation is getting back to with Will. It was him and Iris. Right. So the last three minutes really did take a dump on this entire episode's head. Yeah. Yeah, and I choose it. to ignore it, and so therefore my point was correct in the first place. And I'm excited for next season when Iris says to the CRM, we're the asset, and they go, no. no. Like, that's cute, that whatever you're saying, but we meant Hope is the asset. Like, really, the kidnappers get to decide what the asset is. <laughs> Actually, she's the asset. We have the asset. Thank you very much. Um, you, so what did they pull off this enough to like make you guys interested in the next season at all? Did this? I, I want to do it just like we did this. Just like we did this season, we yeah. we dropped in every once in a while because we had to, uh, like contractually obligated to. And I did. I wasn't miserable, you know. And mm-hmm. we had our issues. We, at no point we always said, "Well, on the on the scale of Walking Dead." Um, and then I thought it did a really good job wrapping up. So I, I'll I'll watch two or three next season. Is, yeah, I, that's an option, right? I'm allowed to say that. Yeah, you are. <laughs> and you did. So hey, Ryan, again, gold star for you. Yeah, I'm killing it today. <laughs> all right, but that is all the time we have to talk about it. That was the finale. It'll probably be back on AMC's. Coming up next, we're going to go to our poll list. Directed by Gillian Jacobs, the hardest name to say if you think about it for too long. The second episode of 616, Higher, Further, Faster, tells the story of the women of Marvel from the early days to now, and how they push to tell stories of representation and inclusivity mostly focusing on the characters of Carol Danvers and Kamala Khan and Marvel editor Sana Manat, co-creator of Kamala. Taste Buds, I ask you this. How did the balance between telling the history of women in comics, women in Marvel, and Amanat's story work as a focal point for the episode? Good. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't ready for such a hard-hitting question, Mike. But, I mean, I th- felt like it had a loose... I never w- got lost with where they were following it. Like, I see where it was, like, some different topics. But, you know, women were connecting it all. So, I feel like it was fine. Yeah. Would we have one dude? No, two dudes. The the co-writer of um, uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Mm-hmm. And the writer of... The current writer, I think, of Ms. Marvel. If I'm getting that correct. But... You might be thinking of the next episode. Oh, yeah. But. Saladin Ahmed was in the next episode. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, it really was told by women um, the entire time. And that was important, including uh, some of my favorite moments of the episode where uh, two women, two Marvel legends, uh, Anna Senti and uh, Wheezy, uh, Wheezy. Wheezy. Um, Simonson were just in one of their kitchens just talking shit. Just talking yeah. like... Uh, like talking about uh, male writers and editors and uh, other artists and that like it was awesome just to watch them hang out and talk about their career there. I that was awesome and I think that might be if if I had to have an issue and contractually I do that's my role. <laughs> uh, I wanted so much more of that. Like each era of women in Marvel kind of deserved an episode because there's so much going on there. Mm. But we just burned through Wheezy. Anybody named Wheezy deserves more screen time. Oh yeah, and then. Uh, I think it was one of the earliest women involved, Marie. There's no way I'm going to say her last name right. Marie Smith. Smith, probably Smith. Uh, did a lot of the design work for everybody. Just wasn't credited for it, like in the earliest days of Marvel. Um, each one of these women, I feel like, deserves an episode, and so it just felt rushed a lot of times. Marie Severin, maybe. That seems about right. That sounds closer to Smith. (laughs) That's very close. 
But I could see, I do see that because it was, especially with the older ones, it was, I did want to learn all about them and it like, because it would be just like, they were never credited and like, that was the mention of it. And they were like, but you could see like, here's like 10 seconds of their artwork. And I was like, I want to know, I do want to know more. Can we credit her a little more then? (laughs) Yeah. It's sort of why we're here. And uh, another one, Mary Jo Duffy became like the fixer in the 80s where they're like, "Uh, Power Man and Iron Fist are almost going to cancel do whatever you want with it and it became one of the biggest books and then once it was big they're like okay a man will write it now star wars is about to cancel why don't you write that for a while it's like what the shit yeah was duffy uh she's the one who would like write marvel constantly and tell them how their issues sucked right is that the same one yeah that's how she like got yeah she's boss man she is so great that was like all the old women like i'm so glad they like i think the fact that it was hosted by I'm now I'm freaking out about saying her name, Jillian. Uh, Jillian Jacobs. Like Gillian. 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 It's Gillian. Oh, Gillian. Okay. So it does like it. Le- she did just kind of let them tell their story. Like it seemed like a very loose parameter. Like here's this. And like now just talk about your full experience, which was it did. Right. I feel like it did help a lot. But uh, yeah, we- it's, it's hard to know with a show like this that like what is house style really with all the shows that we talk about. What is house style for directors that they have to do and where do they get to, you know, put their own fingerprint, you know, like what, it, what did Gilliam bring to it? Um, but for a, a, a new director, I don't think she's necessarily first time, but for a new director, uh, it was, I thought it was the best paced of the first three. Uh, I thought it, I thought it motored more. I thought that episode one and three lagged. Um, yeah. And well, it's, they each had like a specific era kind of talk about the, this one did try to cover the entire history. We learned that there were 70 million comic readers in the 40s. And then when the comics code came down, they went they got it's they got rid of like the horror and crime comics and women went, "Well, I guess we're done." <laughs> like, that's, uh, that's so insane. Like and that hits to sort of today if fucking 1940s version of Fox News comes out and says comics are bad, people just believe it and they stop reading. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that was, like, that was a whole nother, like, I could have watched a whole segment on how, like, women had to carry on comics during the war. Because, like, I knew they Mm -hmm. had to carry on the industry, but I never attached that to comics. So, like, to know that it was completely, like, women ran then would have been sick to have a full episode on, without a doubt. And those same women that made comics were also members of the All-American team. They came from places near and far. Mm Mm-hmm. Old ones, fat ones, even smelly kids. I don't remember the rest of the song. <laughs> I think you're smashing together with a different <laughs> cartoon song. But they did. Uh, was seeing old Marvel a trip for you guys? Because it felt like it made me realize that millennial startup energy was always a thing. Like that office yeah. Yeah. was wacky. I, and it was so comparing like with how the stories from men and clips to Sana talking about. She's like, it's just a normal office job, but you get to wear superhero t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> like thing the times they are changing but i bet there's less sexual harassment in the current office than there used to be that's what i kept waiting for. there was it was this overwhelming feeling like you can't have this many women talking about a workspace without this feeling of like it's got to take a turn somewhere and but because it was busy, we just never really got there yeah i mean yeah like this is going to be sort of like with both episodes uh, that we're talking about today but these were the two definitely more for the third one than the second one for me but these are the two where i started to realize like it's not, you know, we have been told before we started watching that it's basically Marvel propaganda. It's it's about how great Marvel is, and I was like, sweet. Um, that's that, <laughs> I love Marvel. I, yeah, I already so I'm I'm sold. Um, but this was a lot of look how great we have basically always been, mm-hmm. and 
I, it, I I'm not surprised that they left out all of the you know the bad stuff, but there's it, but they sort of swung the pendulum too far, and it felt like there there never was bad. We are on the front of every cause ever. Well, what what I thought was it, it was handled subtly because Big Marvel and Big Disney are the producers of and probably got final say is uh, Wheezy in the kitchen talking smack and them saying that uh, Severin never got any credit. And like it basically what it's saying, like the the the, the roasting of glasses is look how much better it is now with like Kelly Sue and Sana. They're saying it's great now. Like it's a lot of parenthetical because it was so bad for so long. Mm-hmm. They just can't say that directly out loud. Um, yeah, I, I do want to get into two specific ladies, um, starting with Kelly Sue, just the absolute star of the show, just a sarcastic, hilarious writer that I've always enjoyed. Uh-huh. But I like she's the one who pushes this propaganda edge the most. She, I feel like they left, they had to cut the most of her shit out. Uh-huh. Um, but what they left in was great. Like her talking about how uh, was it? I think Carol Danvers had a sixth sense, oh, and right. it was it was a seventh sense. Seventh That's sense. why it's really ridiculous. Uh, and, and it, it was women's intuition, yeah, it was feminine <laughs> intuition, and just her face of like I cut that shit out as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. That that's what's so interesting. I'm sure you could dive into a lot of the characters, but like, even though they talked about Captain like Carol Danvers being around in the 70s. Everybody, when they talk about it, credits Kelly Sue created Carol Danvers. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, she looked at the history, but like the personality we know that Cap Marvel has is because of Kelly Sue DeConnick. And that's pretty cool. Her, her other great moment, this one hit me hard because I'm usually on the other end from where she was. But uh, she kept she kept pitching this Carol Danvers comic and the editor called her and said, uh, I'm sorry, Kelly, for not doing Ms. Marvel. And she's like, I, I understand, you know, this is how pitches work. You don't get them all. We're doing Captain Marvel, and her reaction is like, "All right, but why would you fucking do that? Why would you? <laughs> yeah. Why would you <laughs> sell it to me in that way? Like that's just a fucking dick move, bro." Yeah, I was gonna ask if you worked for Marvel briefly because that is how Ryan delivers news. <laughs> uh, all right, we are almost out of time to talk about this episode. Is there any uh, any other characters you guys want to focus in on? Yeah, I think that uh, this might be Sada Amanat's biopic. But yeah. I think that she she could she could do a, like a full on fiction or uh, you know biopic movie. Like her life is fucking awesome and crazy, and going from just a childhood of being othered and going through nine eleven and what that must have been like to her to like rising in the ranks and then having a character like uh, almost based on her heavily be yeah, uh, a Muslim young girl in New Jersey. Like that was crazy. Watching these episodes is like oh. It's just like, I knew this person, or I am this person. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I just put a lot of that. I'm like, wait, was Stan Lee Tony Stark? <laughs> yeah, that one, it was really interesting. I'm glad we got her in there, too. But yeah, I now that we've, like, trying to talk about this, I do see how I would want them probably separated, like you were saying at the beginning, Mike. Like, it is, there's just so much more to all these stories, I feel. And, you know, yeah. if we can get it outside of, like, propaganda, that would be rad. I would love that. Well, I, I will say one of my favorite moments is that Sana got into comics the same way I did, which is she just stumbled upon X Tasmania one day as a young kid. I mean, <laughs> why, why don't we save this talk for the when we move on to the next episode? Because it was also in that one as well. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. X Tas. Man, it it was influential. All right, uh, now we're going to go on to the third episode. So on the third episode of Marvel 616, we get a look into what it's like to have your dreams come true and be an illustrator at Marvel. The episode focuses on Miles Morales' illustrator, Javier Guerin, and Natasha Bustos from Moon Girl. 
which are two comic series from Marvel that feature POC leads. The episode provides insight into the creation process as well as the positive effect of including POC characters into comics. Uh, Taste Buds, I ask you, did this episode make you want to quit your job and try to be an artist at Marvel? Hell yeah. I know. Well, I mean, maybe writers. Uh, I wish I could draw. Mike yeah. and I cannot draw. Uh, and we also don't have the fortitude and the willpower that the one guy does. Oh, dude, uh, Javier? told... Yeah, he was just told, you fucking suck, man. You don't have a job because you're, sh- you're, sh- you're shitty. And, and so, yeah, I'm going to fire my agent and draw even harder. <laughs> this dude, like, it felt, it was such, it was so uplifting to watch, but also made me feel like shit because this fucker gets up at 6 a.m. just to go to the gym and then just works his ass yeah. off. And he was like, and I just, like, oh, completely dedicated to this. I was like, fuck this guy. I, f- I fucking hate when, like, talented, hardworking people are also beautiful. Yeah. It's not fair. <laughs> just a beautiful what? beard, beautiful eyes. It's so, it's so unreal. Well, I mean, part of that is going to the gym, Mike. That's something you can do, but choose not to. Um, I, I, I wouldn't do anything. I also like uh, when talented, hardworking people make it, and just yeah. like this is this—it's so much of the reason why you don't. You know, like there's so many people watching this <laughs> that think that they draw good and hope that Marvel will knock on their door and say, mm-hmm. "Hey, I heard you draw real good. Would you like to be famous?" And what it actually is, is nah, I'm just going to dedicate my entire life, every second of my life to this. And that's, they touched on it a little with both Javier and Natasha that I wish they would delve into a little more that like how grindy they got. Yeah. And they And they would hint at, I only ate ramen, but like really show like how hard it is to get there, to let people know how hard you have to work. And that's the important part is just like dedicate your life and say no to parties for five years. And then maybe you'll get the thing. Yeah, that was. I didn't do that. none of us did would that was definitely the biggest difference between like that was the big change from the two episodes for me was like the first one you know especially early marvel all the people were like you know i didn't i didn't feel like i like deserved this position i didn't have the talent for it and then you cut to these two and it's like i did not have a life i spent every day every moment like Uh working on my craft and you're like yeah that's kind of how it is like now there's so many people with the access like you got to work your ass off and yeah, what's cool about the access is we have two Spanish artists who would never have been able to do it before and would not like don't know what New York is like. So they have coworkers like taking pictures of Delancey Street to be like, here's what New York looks yeah. like. Like Yeah, that was crazy is that it they expands the world. They both got into I thought that was cool to see like their process is like how much they focus just on architecture. Like Javier straight up mm-hmm. like tried to become like he went to school for that shit to like make sure like the yeah. like as his day job, but also to make sure the cities felt real. Like just for like you know that tiny little panel like that showed the city. I was like fucking hell, man. Yeah, I mean, how fortuitous is that? It, like architecture, it, a large part of architecture is drawing buildings, you know. Uh-huh. And so it's just now you have all of these uh, paths that like intersect in the like that you've gone through your life, and now they are all intersecting, and now you just being incredibly good at this mm-hmm. also knowing how to like uh, use an ipad i don't yeah I, it's just they're good at or so many things weird light up desk <laughs> he had so many programs that one that he uses for miles morales to like uh kind of make he does his positioning by putting it into like an animation program and then drawing yeah. off of that like just even knowing that shit i was like okay so yeah, so I probably could animate. So I, I, I did. I loved the comparison. At no point were they like they're so different. Mm-hmm. But that was the whole show. Is they're so different because he's very regiment, does it like that. And she's like, I wake up whenever. Yeah. I do what I want. 
then I'll draw. Uh, and hers are all like, I realize Moon Girl is me. And so hers is I take pictures of myself like Claire from Clueless or Cher from Clueless and then just like draws that and it's yeah. and gets a, also a fucking awesome result. That part That's all cheating though, right? Isn't that cheating? <laughs> they're just cheaters. Anybody can draw. They're basically as good as anybody, I would say, if they're doing all that shit. Mm-hmm. No, dude. Uh, what, like one of the moments that stood out to me is uh, Natasha was bullied as a kid because apparently it's not just America where people are cruel to dark-skinned folks. It happens in Spain too. So she was made fun of. Uh, so she would draw them pictures to get out of being bullied. Yeah. That's why she got better and better at drawing. <laughs> shit, Which man. is such a good idea. Everybody wants shit drawn for them. And if you're good, like she saw her potential and she really capitalized on it. She's a fucking genius. But that's, I did really enjoy like hers. They're completely different styles because hers is like she gets up later. But then once she's in it, like she's mm. drawn in until like she's the night out. She's there till like 3 a.m. Right. just like grinding. We're like, I'm sorry. She's what? After she wakes up? She's drawn in, Cassie. Oh, God. That's pretty good. That's pretty fucking good right there. Hey, Ryan, as my best friend, thank you for pointing out my wittiness when I don't even see it. Gold star, Ryan. You got it, bro. (laughs) (laughs) That's a nickname. Not not needed, Ryan. Gold star, Ryan. That's way better. Well, we all have our nicknames for not needed, Ryan. (laughs) But um, the other cool aspect of this uh, episode was that we got to see, like, just the effect of having these, like, POC characters as the main characters what it does mm-hmm. to like younger generations like that whole montage of like uh where Nat- natasha has like all these young girls writing in to say like how they love moon girl was like yeah. so cool i loved that and i love how they address the letters to moon girl, moon girl. or to uh-huh. carol tambers you know yeah it's it's very cute and 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 she even talked about like what what's like she also got into comics because of x Taz <laughs> and storm was like this tough as shit leader POC and there was just not a lot of that in the early 90s there was a couple times and I know this is intentional on their part so I don't like admitting it but there was a couple times throughout the course of these two episodes where it got slightly barely not even we're talking about dusty in the room um (laughs) and I'm in a particular position in my life right now where I can sort of see why that happened but the there I think in the in the artist one there was one guy a black guy talking about what it must be like to see, to like go into a comic book store as a young black girl and see a, an issue of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, and then it cuts to all of the the cosplayers, like the yeah. you know the the five, six, seven, eight year old cosplayers who have someone that like that's theirs now. Um, I know it's fucking mushy and emotional, and like they're clearly being manipulative. And it and it works sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes that shit works. <laughs> that one I was totally fine with, especially with Moon Girl, because they made her like she's one of the smartest characters. Like you know, she's this little genius kid. So it's so good to have her be like tech savvy and then just kick ass, brave. Yeah. Like that's so that's I'm so glad that one's there. And she has a devil dinosaur. She's the raddest. Love that. Yeah. But they it made me mad. I don't know more like that. I haven't read her. Book. Yeah, that it's was. That... I felt the need to immediately go out and buy like all of them. That first run is really good. Uh, like the first eight issues of Moon Girl is really good because she's, uh, yeah, she's precocious and in a way that's not anno- like it's annoying when you see it on TV or movies, but in the comic book it's funny, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and then also I guess God does give with both hands because she's you know in the top five I would say smartest Marvel characters, and then also has a fucking pet dinosaur <laughs> yeah. that she, that like, and they're like mentally you know tuned together and sure it's awesome that's so rad. that's the, that's the marvel rules with dinosaurs yeah. if you have a dinosaur you better be mentally connected to it 
and like that was so that side of the propaganda of this episode like did work for me where it sucked it was when they were talking about miles morales and like there was just the mention of like there was some people who were like you can't touch this character and they were like there was a sector mm. that didn't enjoy it and that kind of dropped it like at some point you could call out your shitty fans like you can be straightforward Oh, you don't think they called them out enough? Yeah, yeah, I mean, the stories they could have told, the letters that yeah. they could have shown uh, are just disgusting. Yeah, because it was, it was like that comment. From what I remember, it was straight up just like, there was a sector that didn't like this. And I was some like... People, yeah. Some people had the slightest issue. Not a big deal. It's yeah, whatever. And then it was just on to like, and, but here it is. Look at how rad it is. And wh- you know what? It is rad. But those other people need to realize how shitty they are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's about all the time we have to talk about those. Is there anything you guys want to? I left out on that segment, or did I do an A plus job, Ryan? Tell me I did an A plus job. You, you did an absolutely an A plus job. If Mike had hosted that segment last week, it would have been dog shit. Thank I, you. I think there's that's rude. I, I think you can compliment without being insulting. Also, I think you have two. You have one great and one mediocre panelist this week, Cassie. Where I had two fucking knuckleheads. <laughs> um. Uh, there's, I think there's two takeaways so far with the first three. Cassie, did you watch uh, Japanese Spider-Man episode I one? I didn't. I want to go back and watch that one, though. You should. Yeah. It's good. I think there's two takeaways that we have so far. Uh, and we have five episodes left. We're going to review them all. But um, I do hope that they, they're never going to tell the truth on these episodes. But I hope that it's, it's not just straight up. Marvel has always been great in every decision they've ever made. And yeah. I think the other thing is that, like, as shows progress, if there's a second season, like let's get nichier. Let's let's yeah. dig into like more specific things. Yeah. These these two episodes were pretty. Like there was an episode about the third episode is about artists. You know, like we could we can get nichier than that. That's what's interesting. It's about artists, but they picked two. Mm-hmm. I was surprised, and then they I thought pretty deftly put wedged in representation. Mm-hmm. Like, but that I, was I don't clever. think they picked those two because their work styles are so different. What do you mean? I think they picked those two just to once again show how woke Marvel is. Oh, yeah, right. for sure. Like, it was their opportunity, 100%. Yeah. But, it, and again, it's as much as it can coming from big Marvel, but it's like, it. how many times people said, and it didn't used to be like this. Like, and that's as the, as as to the line they'll get, but acknowledging it, I think, is is more than I thought. If just big Disney was making it, it probably wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, why not show that picture? Like, when you say it wasn't always like this, cut to that picture of Stan Lee in his KKK outfit. Like, where is that? <laughs> I'll Photoshop and send it to you. <laughs> All right, you guys. Uh, Marvel 616 is on Disney+. Plus. You can watch that whenever. You should watch it with us, though. And that is it for the poll list. Um, so coming up next, we are going to be talking about... Oh, wait, Cassie. Yeah. I have a couple questions. Okay. First of all, okay. is it weird that I was able to understand Marvel 616, seeing as how I had not seen the first 615? It was. You're just such a genius, Ryan. Yeah, give him I a am a genius. That good, that good joke. You deserved it. You are a genius. If I'm such a ge- if I'm such a genius, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to create a website about me all by myself. I don't need help, and it's going to look great. I think that it will be absolutely perfect. Uh, it'll be mm-hmm. Ryan.geocities.64255, and I think that you guys will enjoy going to the website. I don't. I mean, but do you want it to be visually compelling? I obviously. Are you, do you think you could do that by yourself? Obviously, just all on your own. Do you know digital strategy? Uh, yeah, that's I got that. How do you feel about elegant design? All right, guys, I'm gonna drop the character for a second. I think that I don't know how to do that. I don't think that it's gonna come out well if I do it all by myself. Ryan, you don't have to do it by yourself. What? We're here with you. 
Yeah, me, Mike, and you know what? I think we're going to have to call it another help. Why don't we use, uh, how about Cyber Sprout? Interesting. Tell me more. I, they're great. <laughs> they did yourpotfilter.com. And you know what? It's they're a beautiful awesome. website. If I could say, you know what they can handle? WordPress. They got that all day. It offers premium hosting that is specifically built for WordPress. It's insane. It allows you to focus your website while we handle the security, maintenance, backups, and speed <laughs> optimization. We're not handling that. They are. They're that good. Yeah, you don't want us handling that. We tried. We failed. You guys are at it. You guys are having this conversation with me in such an odd way, but continue, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> like... You're looking for collaboration, goal-driven design. I don't even know what one of those words means. Cybersprout has your back. In Ryan. From easy-to-edit fields, custom templates, drag-and-drop tools. I know how you don't like to, like, you know, work too hard at things. And you know what? It's easy I hate to it. manage. It's so easy to manage because, again, they got your back. They're out here. They're, they have easy forms that are easy to edit, custom templates. You just drag-and-drop the tools. And it's going to be... <laughs> So simple to make your... And they listen. Unlike some people on this show, they listen when other people talk. <laughs> what? <laughs> Guys, I, I feel like that we just spent 10 minutes uh, talking about how maybe I should start grinding like a couple of Spaniards we know. But instead, I'm not going to do... I'm going to do shit and let Cybersprout do it all for me. I do like... One, you should. I also like that grinding like a couple of Spaniards is only complimentary, but really sounds like something <laughs> would make me wince if but somebody's uncle said it. When I said that... <laughs> Both of you guys grimace, like, oh, we're going to get kicked <laughs> off the air. But no, it's a compliment, grinding like Spaniards. Um, yeah, so, so, go to cybersprout.net to get started today. That's C-Y-B-E-R-S-P-R-O-U-T.net. Ryan, I'm talking to you. Cybersprout is your partner <laughs> for the digital world. I appreciate that. All right, now, Ryan, if I may, I'm just going to go ahead and cut to some Eggs Tasmania. <laughs> Welcome to Eggs Tasmania, bitch, a mini-show within a show where we take an in-depth episode-by-episode look at Fox's seminal, an underrated early morning soap opera from the mid-90s X-Men the Animated Series. We're on the sixth episode, so I'll catch you up right now. On the sixth episode of X-Men the Animated Series, Wolverine has decided to hit the slopes to get a little alone time. Unfortunately, he can't be alone because he runs into Sabretooth and an Eskimo bully. Meanwhile, Gambit, Storm, and Jubilee head to Genosha, a perfect island that probably loves mutants. Taste buds, when we first start off, Cyclops and Jean realize that Wolverine has flown the coop. And uh, did you guys love how dramatic that was? It It's so weird because like in the last episode, Cyclops, I think it was like, all right, buddy, to Wolverine. And then this time, Wolverine's gone like an adult can be for 10 minutes and he goes you can never depend on hotheads like wolverine your average non-prisoner is just able to do this uh cyclops man guys i have said for a long time long before we started watching x taz that he was my like in my top five favorite marvel characters especially in this episode just everything he says starts with god damn it like (laughs) when when this episode starts like god damn it wolverine still lives here and then they see that he doesn't god damn it wolverine it isn't here at all that's definitely the parent of a teenager mentality i'm gonna be mad no matter what you do and gene doesn't help because immediately she's like he left because of me (laughs) (laughs) and i guess cyclops did walk away but he probably could hear that It was so much drama and like I think it was only like pr- maybe 20 seconds like the beginning 20 seconds yeah and we had Cyclops throwing an absolute fit and her just like sadly staring at this torn photo this red uh, room and just like oh it's because of me it was we, art we have to get to this photo because in last week's episode we saw Wolverine put one thin claw through 
And mm. this week, guys, the hole is much larger. <laughs> it's bigger than a claw. It's it's smaller th- than a bread basket. <laughs> it's one it's one circle right through the middle of it. Bef- about Logan's before Wolverine Logan's left eyes. for the snow, he <laughs> fucked a picture to death. I was gonna uh, like I my instinct was to cut you off before you got to that and like I didn't do it and that is my greatest failure of this episode. I'm sorry to everyone who just had to hear that. But moving on to the next scene, we do cut to Wolverine and see that he went to like the fucking tundra. Like uh-huh. why- just cross country skiing. <laughs> Why did it out of everywhere? Like he just needed like I don't understand why he went so he, Well he's Wolverine is a man of nature. Mm-hmm. And I think he needs to and he's from Canada. And I think he's trying to get back to his roots and, and okay. remember who he is when he's not trying to fuck his best friend's fiance. <laughs> <laughs> it was just absolutely wild. But we get him when once he gets to the tundra, we see him like, you know, out in the open, just a dude in the wilderness, probably gonna find some peace. But he can't have peace because fucking Sabretooth has stalked him all the way to the fucking tundra. A little obsessed, a man. Little. And Sabretooth, even though he's known, acts like, oh, and here's Wolverine. No, there's no way you accidentally found Wolverine here. You <laughs> followed him from New York City, man. But I like how he played it up for us. For the audience, yeah. he was like, oh, here is Wolverine. Or I think he called him Skeeverine. Uh, also, going back to our conversation about what is Sabretooth's costume and uh-huh. clothes, and what's like? What does his actual body look like? No need for a jacket or anything. Like, nope. This guy just has it made in whatever weather is there. Well, not yeah. hot weather. He'd probably be real sweaty in the jungle. Oh God, Wolverine would love that. He'd fuck a picture <laughs> of sweaty saber tooth so hard. This is my greatest mistake. This can't be this whole thing. Shut it down. I like Wolverine skis across a bridge, which is how you know they're cross-country skis, even though these seem like real whatever-I-want-them-to-do skis. And Sabretooth, even though he just saw him, blows up a bridge he's on and then does this longest shrieky monologue. I'm just like, he lies, Wolverine, frozen and alone. (laughs) Also, not to to jump to the ending, but at the end, Sabretooth also tries to blow up a bridge. I I didn't know that this was Sabretooth's jam. It's his second power. I just want to fucking put dynamite on bridges like I'm a 1920s villain. Yeah, it was like his jam is just monologuing because there was so much. He had so many things ready. He just yelled at Wolverine once he blows like they fight. It's and so he's long floating down the river <laughs> like he is having a conversation with him floating down the river about how he just wants to bury him in the ice and he'll track him down, rediscover him and then, but, like just so he can bury him again or something. And shit. W- Wolverine Cut. says the most relatable thing possible, which is I, I wish I was dead so I could I didn't have to listen to you talking anymore. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, conversation makes it seem like they're talking the whole time but Wolverine is like clinging to ice like a rose on the door at the end of Titanic and Sabretooth just has like this thing he's practiced and rewritten for the last 20 years and just keeps I was surprised how much of a children's cartoon they let this maniac just scream it was really workshopped like he had a tight five minutes ready for him for that exact and, moment and the, the the fucking accent too like where is Sabretooth from He's it is there like a Boston in London yes. that like only gives birth to saber teeth. Old Boston town in London. Also their fight together like it was just like a whole bunch of grunts. Like that studio yes. had to be wild. Like there was a long time of them just fighting, not saying anything, just grunting at each other. It was I, unreal. I know for some fucking reason Cassie you don't like talking about this. You're the first podcaster in nerd podcast history that doesn't like talking about X-Men characters having sex with each other but <laughs> if you just close your eyes and listen to their, them fight they are they're, they're getting into it 
Yeah, it was unreal. Um, but while we're here, we also get Wolverine being saved by, like, this village there. And, like, everybody uh-huh. loves him because of his, like, powers at fishing. Not even, it's just he's super good at fishing. So this town loves him. And, well, and most young people blood love him. hates that. Yeah, yeah this yeah. young buck fucking is so mad that Wolverine's decent. And Wolverine's actually not really being a dick until that he sees, he's the kind of guy who's like, oh, this guy's getting petty for no reason. Now I'll be a bigger dick about it. Yeah. <laughs> And he tells he, Wolverine's the kind of guy who tells a joke and laughs, and he's done this in a couple other episodes. But he's like, they're like, oh, there's no way he can do, it. and he doesn't. He's like, I never held much in fish stories, and then drops like a load of fish and just laughs so hard alone. Well, it was the first time he was experiencing joy in his life. We found out, so like, he found his home at this place, and then this this young buck had to ruin it for him and team up with Sabes and Cla- uh, classic Eskimo with a Detroit. Uh, tiger's hat uh, which <laughs> we're the- which we're so used to um, that's all i could focus on was that hat he's he's bitching about how wolverine's doing everything and everybody's like or the you know the the chief is like I, yeah who cares and then his reason his backup is like the women are laughing at me yeah and they really do like he tries to grab too many fish and he falls and everyone runs over <laughs> to laugh their butts off yeah and he says wolverine made a fool of me to my own people no bro you did. And then he calls Sabretooth a snow demon. And it kind of offends Sabretooth. Oh, dude. <laughs> Sabretooth gets pissed. This is a guy who, like, is a, essentially a terrorist because of, like, uh, just societal racism, right? Like, the, he just can't take it anymore. And so he becomes a villain. And, but then when somebody calls him a snow demon, he becomes that exact same racist. What a, yeah. how are you making other snow demons feel when you talk about them like that? <laughs> Um, at the same time, we have all of this happening with Wolverine and Sabretooth. We get uh, with the mansion crew. We find out that they Gambit knows of an island where he believes that mutants are treated well. That's and- all he said, Cassie. <laughs> that is all he said. <laughs> yes. Cyclops is so mad that Gambit heard about heard an island. Thing. Cyclops is looking to fight today. That's what it's. It turns into this huge fight, and then Xavier comes in and is just like, "Fuck it, go to that island." And then we are but- at the island. <laughs> Here's why Xavier's crazy is for the second time, uh, he gives very clear direction. He's like, we could all use a vacation. Cyclops choose three of them to get a vacation. (laughs) Choose three and only three. It's all I will afford, uh, like loan the money for. And then so Storm, Jubilee, and Gambit are the ones who go, which those are not the three. I feel like none of them would get along Mm -mm. like as a trio. The the other thing too is Professor X says, um, uh, actually I don't know. Genosha sounds okay, and Cyclo- like maybe mutants could like live there. And then Cyclops is like, that would be incredible. Like thirty seconds after almost killing Gambit for bringing up an island, <laughs> Professor X fucking this guy's such a fucking kiss ass dipshit motherfucking yeah, he's such asshole. a brand nose teacher's pet, and that it was- feels like X sees through it, which is like. Choose those three to go. <laughs> you're not going. Yeah, for sure. Cyclops, you choose other people other than yourself because you're going to blow up the plane because uh, somebody you hear somebody on the plane say, I heard there's peanuts on this flight, and you're just going to turn around and say, how dare you? Um, I, I like that trio. I thought it was – it ran the, the, the gamut, the gambit of leadership, you know, like youth and experience and punk rockiness. I thought it was a good trio. Oh, no, I liked watching them together, but I was just, like, thinking of the cast of the X-Men, the three that would, like, most be bummed that it is the three of them. I would assume oh. it's these three. <laughs> but I do like that Jubilee and Storm are in normal-ass clothes at the airport, and Gambit is still in his weird armor trench coat bullshit. We, we talked about this with the Malpiso, the first episode. Like, 
that Storm and Rogue wore clothes, like dresses, and yeah. he's in like the full pink uh, armor with the the mask and the gloves that have two fingers showing. Like, how stinky yeah. is this guy? <laughs> Oh, yeah, he stinks. So it's so bad, and you know that. And the island is not going to help it, but they send him. And then we get to Wolverine. Uh, once uh, that one guy betrays him and teams up with Sabretooth, they have a uh, surprise, surprise. Sabretooth uh, turns on all of them and takes the town mm-hmm. hostage. So now we got him having to save this whole town, which he just has to do because, again, Sabretooth has tied him to a bridge. <laughs> it's just it's, it's his thing. I do got to say though, I I thought like what the bully thought. I thought that the bully was going, Sabretooth was going to have the bully lead Wolverine to some place so Sabretooth could kill Wolverine. Right. The the dupage here of Sabretooth saying fuck that, I don't want to deal with Wolverine. I'm gonna go kill this entire village. That's good on Sabretooth. That's kind of because that'll hurt Wolverine's feelings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he Sabretooth always goes for the deep cuts. That's what he knows. He knows how to really hurt people. Well, plus, not only is Wolverine joking around and telling dad jokes about fish stories, he's also, the the chief is like, sometimes you just got to, like, chill out and be a child again. And then they put Wolverine, like, the five-year-old gym where you're on the parachute yeah. and everybody's, like, throwing you into the air. And Wolverine's just like, woo-hoo! Uh, I, I the happiest he's life. ever been. As far as the chief goes, I, I do have to say, one of the worst, like, sage old man advice givers, I, your jealousy makes you stupid. That's that's true. That's good advice. But he says things like, uh, "The ones who seek peace are the ones who need peace." Like, no fucking shit, bro. Yeah, like, that's... how obviously? And at another point, he's like, um, "Wolverine, you will find the time to speak or the turn to speak when it's your turn to speak." It's like this is you're saying this in a way that sounds very wise, but you're not saying anything. I- I think he's doing like a lifelong bit now. Once he became chief, nobody would criticize him anymore. And so he's like, how asinine can I sound? The advice you hear is the advice you need. Wow, Mike. So true. So true. Right? Wow. I'm, I got to reflect on that for a bit. But we do have... Um, so, you know, Wolverine obviously saves all of them. He, they blow up the bridge, but he gets them in time. And then we cut to the back to the mansion crew at the island, and, and they have gotten taken. This whole island actually isn't friendly to mutants, it turns out, and it's, it's all a ruse. It's, it's all the reverse. <laughs> when they get to the hotel, right on the, the counter, it says, ask us about our mutant discount. <laughs> and so To the point good. that Storm's like, you know what? Let's not. And Gambit's yeah. like, we could save five bucks. <laughs> and she's like, no, let's play it cool for a bit. There's, they use this like very high-tech computer that looks into like Storm's eyes and determines that she's a mutant. But I would love it if they just had nothing high-tech. They just knew that cheap-ass mutants were going to always ask about the discount. And that's how they found out. <laughs> they absolutely will. Uh, all right, you guys, that is the full episode. So are you ready to go to awards? Or do you need any other things you need to yell out? There's at the end when they're when the, all the the island of robots are, is aiming at them and Gambit's ready to fight and Storm's like no we can't endanger human life Storm's like we can all die but we can't fight right. back which is mm-hmm. we have not seen that before that's insane she can't even defend himself the other thing too I want to point out real quick is again we've talked about this before but how fucking revolutionary it was to me when I watched this that the Genosha storyline was not wrapped up like to, like the B plot yeah. line of the show becomes the A plot line next week and it says to be continued. That blew my goddamn mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we got a lot to look forward to next week. We got a we got the whole island vibe. Um all right you guys for our awards, the first one we are gonna give out is of course gonna be MVP. Mike, let's start with you for that one. I, I think that 
Wolverine actually does a good job here. He's trying to learn. Uh, he's trying to grow. Uh, he should be away from everybody because he's a total asshole to his friends. And and he learned how to have fun and let his hair down. And even Sabretooth or wants to keep fighting. And he's like, I'm done, man. Why, why do we keep doing this? This is stupid. Uh, he, I, I, I give it to him. It was the one episode where I didn't, like, I wasn't truly annoyed for him. And it was the one episode where he didn't say he goes where he wants to go. And, like, I'm he proud of him. He just did it. He just went where he wanted. <laughs> he just went where he wanted to win. And that's, but- that's some real MVP attitude. Still back to classic Wolverine at the end of the episode because the chief goes on like this like two minute monologue about how it's time to move into the city and uh the like the new kids the the younger Eskimos are going to decide the future and it sucks that the old ways have to go away but this is what happens this is how people grow and mature and then at the end of this whole monologue Wolverine's like you called me friend and. <laughs> The, the chief's like, I, I guess I, that's how I started the conversation, but did you hear anything else I said after no, that? Wolverine, his eyes just turned into hearts, and he was like, Wolverine. <gasps> I have this strange oh. feeling that Wolverine is never going to be my MVP. The guy fucking sucks. <laughs> he does suck, but he wasn't terrible in this one, so you got to lower that bar, Ryan. But who do you have for MVP? I think I'm going to, and Mike, it's uh, referencing what Mike said a couple of minutes ago. It's Gambit. Like, mm-hmm. Storm says we can't hurt the humans. And she doesn't mean that she can't. She she obviously can. She What she's saying is that we shouldn't. And Gambit's like, all right, then you you continue not doing that. But here we go. And then. Yeah, he says maybe you can't and then throws a card. <laughs> <laughs> Which then made it fine. And then she was like, okay, I guess I can't attack. Oh, God, uh, for- can you imagine what it would be like to tell the goddess of weather? No, you shut up. What I'm going to do is throw a playing card. Like, that's... (laughs) The differences between the two are ridiculous. The boldness of a man to wear a trench coat to a mall and also say that is just... It's unheard of. Uh, For my MVP, I have whoever made that hotel sign because that shows real initiative to ask about the meat (laughs) discount. Like, that is... They've got that down. But I am, right. I'm going to give that to you because they would have been screwed if Gambit didn't just straight up ignore him and attack... Or ignore Storm. Wait, you just gave Gambit MVP, Ryan? Yeah. I was not paying attention. That's crazy. That's crazy. Oh, wait. Are, I'm sorry, Mike. Are you jealous that I got that point? Because your jealousy makes you stupid. Your jealousy has made you stupid. <laughs> I'm so proud of both of you guys for getting that. Okay, uh, LVP. Ryan, let's start with you. Uh, Cyclops is about to kill Gambit because Gambit said that he heard so- someone told Gambit something and he told Cyclops. And it enraged him. Professor X, kick this guy off the fucking team. Cyclops is my LVP. Yeah, it it has to be Cyclops. And I I do, like, from, hey, where's Wolverine? We should thank him to being furious he's not in his room. Pass lights out. (laughs) Like, and then I do, that's why I think he heard Gene. Because now he's just yelling at everybody. (laughs) Honestly, dude, that doesn't that explain so much, though, is that he's not letting on that he knows about Gene and Wolverine, but he totally does. And this is how he's acting out. Because he baby. can't, he can't just nut up and deal with the infidelity in his relationship. <laughs> <laughs> he is a little bitch. That's a very strong contender. I have from the same scene. My LVP is just Xavier because he just comes in when he hears this children squabble arguing about an island, and he's just like, "This is a situation. Let's just send him off to this island. I know nothing about it. Like, go ahead, go to this island." But uh, you, you'll learn he's not a great leader. He, he <laughs> fucks up and loses a lot of young mutants in his tenure. <laughs> You're going to lose some young mutants. It's just a part of the game. But uh, you guys both have the same one. Ryan said it first, so I am going to give that point to him. 
What? Uh, That's because you asked him first. I know. My jealousy has made me stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. My jealousy is always making me stupid. (laughs) All right, you guys, our next award is Best Use of Power. Michael, let's start with you. I think it's Sabretooth's power to know where bridges will be that people will be on and how to plant bombs on them. I did not know that was his secondary mutation. Can you, I mean, can you imagine somebody who is so good figuratively and literally at burning bridges? This is just all this guy <laughs> yeah. does. It's inspirational. Yeah, Wolverine says, let's not cut, try to kill each other, and Sabretooth goes, fuck that. <laughs> you know, there's another part in this episode that I think did sort of shine a light on Wolverine and Sabretooth's relationship. There's a point where it seems like Sabretooth is pissed off they used to just be like warriors and animals and fight each other. And Wolverine joined the X-Men. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he brings that up a couple times. And I think he's just like, that goes against your nature. Like He got left behind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, now I look like a fucking savage because you became a nerd. Turns out <laughs> all the men are just sad little crybabies. Uh, yeah, when Ryan gets drunk, he gives a similar speech to me. <laughs> <laughs> this, Ryan, th- this show is fucking toxic. Like, this, this show puts the X in to- <laughs> toxic masculinity. <laughs> Ryan, what do you got for best use of power? My best use of power is besides uh, it's Sabretooth again, but instead of blowing up bridges, there's a point where he throws a handful of snow, of cold (laughs) water, cold ice water into Wolverine's eyes, and Wolverine screams, oh my god, my eyes. (laughs) It's just cold. Like, it's not poison (laughs) dirt. (laughs) It's not death mud. I had to stop watching at the time. I had to hit pause because I was like, I had to walk through everything. I was like, it's water. It's water in his eyes. And he is screaming. It happens to you in the shower all the time. And Wolverine screams. Uh, That's a good power. So it stings a little. He got ouchies on his face. So, uh, yeah, that's Brian. That's what I had written down, too. So I'm going to give this one to you as well. Ouchies! Ouchies! (laughs) Our next award is going to be for Gasp Line. Ryan, who do you got for it? Or what do you got? Uh, I'm going to pick the time not when they cut to commercial, but the time that I gasped uh, when Cyclops said Jubilee could go to the island. Like This is the first time that this fucking teenage hostage has been allowed to do anything. Uh, obviously, we know the second that, se- that Cyclops says, oh, I'm sure that nothing can be harmful about an island. We know that it definitely will be, but mm-hmm. the fact that they let her see sunlight, I gasped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, every time she's always like, let me go, and they're like, no, stay here. And this time she's like, let me go, and they're like, okay. It was, yeah. It Some was of those times she's saying, let me go to the bathroom. And they're like, no, <laughs> yeah. you're too young. It's too dangerous. You cannot. All right, Mike, what do you got for gasp line? Uh, the time I gasped was also in that scene, and it's when Cyclops so openly and boldly pivots from fuck Genosha to when Professor X is like, maybe it works. And he goes, maybe it would be great. I was like, no one's going to call him on this horse shit? Everybody else in the room was probably like, oh, man, Professor X is using his mental powers. No, Cyclops is just that big and fucking weak. He's a weak man. He's a Ross Geller. I I get why Gene cheats on him all the time. Uh, for Gaspline, I have when Wolverine says that he thinks he's experiencing happiness for the first time with the villagers, just because, like, wow, t- that was, I didn't think we'd ever get that from him, and I was truly impressed with him. But, uh, but that's, like, I'm that's a lie, though, Cassie, if you think about it. It's not, he experiences happiness in the beginning of the episode when we see remnants of him pushing <laughs> his fucking Logan boner right through a picture. 
I, the urge, I wish I could take away points. I feel, I don't know the parameters of this. I feel like I have the right to. I'm not going to. Just know that's a, that's a thought that's going through my mind, Ryan. You're on thin ice and I'm about to blow up the bridge. I if, am you push it, it, if you push it into the part of the picture that is Jean Grey's mouth, is that called a blogan? All right, yep. I'm giving that point to Mike. Mike, you're getting two just for having to deal <laughs> with that. <laughs> Enjoy both those points. All right, our final award is most 90s thing. And Mike, I'm going to start with you. I, I think there's something so action movie 90s about for no reason our main character is just skiing now and there's going to be some ski fighting. <laughs> That's so goddamn 90s. I also, I love how literally he took cross-country skiing. Like, that's just the name of a sport. But it really yeah, does seem he like he it. crossed the country <laughs> on skis. And you know what? Uh, it was hard in town. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, what do you got for this? Um, This, I don't, this one's weird because... It, uh, like it's not like some throwaway thing that you know somebody said like oh let's go watch Alex Mack or whatever, um, but it's just not, uh, Gambit's refusal to give up not just his costume but that particular costume. That costume is so motherfucking nineties, and he just won't put anything else on. Yeah, he's got a. It's his only style. It's the only thing he will accept. Um, for this, I have Sabretooth tying everyone up on the bridge, which, as you said, is probably more of a 1920s thing. But the fact <laughs> I just it has been so long since I've seen somebody get strapped down to like a, a bridge, a railroad track, and like that's their big plan. It was unreal to watch. Okay, so uh, Cassie is so much younger than us, Mike, that she thinks of the 90s as the 20s. Like, oh, it's the past. It's just it's the past. It's a long that's time. That's like ago. when I asked my grandma what it was like before trains. You just don't get how time works. You say you guys, rude things. You guys used to ride horses, right, to get everywhere? All right, uh, yep. Mike, I'm going to give that point to you. Which what means, was Mike's? You guys re- Mike's was, if you give me a second, it will get there because it was so good. It was... Skiing. The ski yep. action. Mm-hmm. Skiing. Which, you know, nobody skis anymore. It's all about the board, except for back then in the day. So oh, that was th- going to Mike. I thought what Mike, you, Cassie, you were saying Mike's suggestion was, if you give me a second, I will get there, which was said uh, by Wolverine to the picture of Jean Grey, <laughs> just as he was about you. to. I hate you so much. All right. You, the uh, the points that were given, Mike and Ryan, you guys have tied for three. You shared this one. A big, oh, a big triumph from Mike at the end there to get the tie. Ties still count in soccer, you guys. It's not a loss. All right. Just remember that. I'm not sure Mike won as much as I lost. I I feel like I have, I fucking really blew that at the end, just like the tip you of did. just like Wolverine my, did. That Wolverine's penis. Okay, we simply must end the show. Sadly, we're all out of time. Um, Mike, can you tell us about some other websites? Uh, head over to yourpopfilter.com if you want a well thought out written article about all the paper cuts that could happen to Wolverine and all the other things Wolverine might fuck by one Ryan Haley. I thought I could trust you. God damn you. Uh, Go to yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. That's how you shop for Amazon. It is holiday shopping season. You're going to do it anyway. You're going to tell yourself you're going to shop small this year, but you're not. You're going to use Amazon. At least help us out a little by going to yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. And you can help us out more directly by going to patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. Get all kinds of fun extra tent at patreon.com slash yourpopfilter gotta get that tent and ryan i'm trusting you on this one can you tell us about some other shows the shows and what we talk about on those shows actually ryan if you are interested in other podcasts uh may i suggest uh shows like wtf which stands for uh wolverine's tiny fuck stick which he uses to push (laughs) through pictures as hard as he can um 
Oh, or, Ryan. <laughs> or um, <laughs> movie of the year, which is a show where uh, Mike decides that uh, I do not know more about movies than Greg does. Uh, right now, that's we're, the point of that show. Yes. Right now, we're uh, <laughs> doing 2001, and it's getting heated and beaded, much like. <laughs> You don't got to finish it. That's movie of the year. You got to check it out. <laughs> that is all the other shows. Don't talk about well, it anymore. No, yeah, no. I think that I do need to talk about Unnatural 20s. Where? <laughs> no, if you do. Uh, that's, of course, Cassie's show where Cassie and her uh, two actual friends come together. And Cassie enjoys uh, dozens of different types of non-Wolverine related conversations. Mm. Uh, please rate, review, and subscribe to all of those today. That is right. And Mike, can you tell everyone about social media? At your pop filter on Twitter, on Instagram. Go there for all kinds of laughs, news, and Wolverine splooge. Oh, wait. Hold on. <laughs> has <laughs> has any woman ever been more fucked up on a, on a white claw more than Jean in that picture? <laughs> <laughs> I actually got to re-go look at that photo because I, I feel like I could challenge her on that one. I'll let you know. I'll get back to you. <laughs> um, and Ryan, how can people get in contact with us? Wolverine's penis. Great. Great. Excellent work. We also got contact at your pop filter as an we email. We also have. <laughs> we have Wolverine's <laughs> penis and as well an email. So reach out any of those ways. Next week, we got a big episode. We are going to put Marvel 616 in the spotlight this time, not just saving it for the poll list. And you know what? I'm finally going to change Ryan's diaper. So it's going to be a great episode. Uh, the, the studio will be smelling better. That's just for us. But that is it for this week. Thank you all for listening. For Mike, I'm Ryan. For Ryan, I'm Mike. For me, I am me. Bye, everyone. Bye.